Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Cyberpunks, welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and this is the show where we cover everything having to do with cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077, the video game, cyberpunk shows, movies, and this episode is specifically our patron chat for the end of November 2021, and it's going to be an OG episode because this week we've got Toasty and Turbo Toboggan joining us again. Welcome back, friends. How is it going? Toasty, how have you been? Uh, I've been good. We just did the witcher lore cast uh with our own patrons so we did we did that was that was great we had a good time i'm in high spirits um it was awesome um, we had so much fun we were talking about our speculation about season two of the witcher and we had a really awesome conversation all sorts of fun hopes and dreams and speculations speculations that's my new word for the new season it was super fun so if you're into the witcher you should go check out that episode of this of the witcher lore cast with me and tozy and then of course we have turbo toboggan here joining us again uh hey buddy how you doing fine good good to hear that and um this is normally recorded on a sunday i uh my brain was short-circuiting and decided to try to murder me again so we had to push it back to a monday after the witcher lore cast so unfortunately some of our other patrons weren't able to join us this week but i would love to hear some of your opinions about the topic this week because this month we watched ghost in the shell one of the classic animes of the 1990s a uh in some ways follow-up to the cyberpunk kind of anime world of akira sort of we got kind of some similarities there going on and we're going to be discussing that a little bit later on in this episode but some big news going on this last week because it was recently Thanksgiving here in the United States. A lot of people had time off of work and the big event that always happens after Thanksgiving is Black Friday with all the sales and Cyberpunk 2077 went on sale in some locations for as cheap as $10. I was able to get it for $9.99 over at GameStop for my PlayStation and my wife started playing, guys. Did you... Did you see the sales for this? Were you guys aware? I had ten dollars. I did not know it was for ninety-nine cents. Nine ninety-nine. Nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. And if you bought a used copy at GameStop, it was eight ninety-nine. Yeah. Yeah. $9. I saw that. It popped up on my 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 browser feed and it was like, hey, you could buy this for ten dollars. I was like, hey, I already own it, but thanks. Yeah, I already own it for all my systems. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of new people are actually jumping into the game. And the reviews on Steam have been overwhelmingly positive for the most recent people purchasing the game, which is kind of phenomenal because 
about this time last year, we were anticipating the game coming out, and within a few weeks it came out, and it got all of these terrible reviews. Everyone was like, it doesn't work, and then remember, Sony was like, nope, we're not going to let you download this game anymore off of our store, we're kicking it off, because it doesn't work well enough on a PS4. Remember all of that? Remember all the hullabaloo about all this stuff? And we mm-hmm. had we had an entire year of episodes where we were like, well, if you can get past all the crashing and stuff, there's some good stuff in this game. Well, guess what? People are buying Cyberpunk 2077 and they're playing it after all of the patches this last year. And it's not going crazy on them. It's not crashing. There's still some bugs, but for the most part, people are enjoying it. They're like, hey, this is a fun game. It's got a cool story. It's got some cool characters. All the things that we've been talking about, once you get past all the all the flaws and the bugs and stuff, uh, most of which have been patched out, and they're going, hey, underneath this thing is a really cool, th- really cool game. Imagine that. How crazy is that? Yeah, like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like you know, like maybe we were onto something a year validation. ago. Validation. Validation. Like, hey, there's some cool stuff underneath here. Um, so that's, that's the word. Yeah. So that you know, I'm just kind of excited for what's coming this next year. In the first quarter of the year with the update for the next gen systems with some of the stuff they're working on and of course we've been talking about that stuff but with all of the new people jumping into this game i wanted to take the opportunity since i have you guys here you guys have played this game a lot in the last year you're pros mm-hmm. and with all of these uh, new people i think that's a little generous called them- you're 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 ex you're experts gamers when it comes to cyberpunk 2077 you've been around you've been around town a few times you know you know the ins and outs of night city for somebody who has picked this up and is playing for the first time or will pick this up for christmas maybe this is a christmas gift they're getting what are some of your tips for somebody who is jumping into this game brand new some things you would tell them off the bat to get the most out of the game what do you think turbo um, don't just drive from point to point, like get out of like the vehicle, walk around the city. Cause you're going to miss a lot, like a lot of, lot, not a lot of lore, but probably most of it. You need experience to see, don't just drive from point to point. Like look at the, every little icon on the map and drive to it. Actually get out and experience the city. Yeah. Because you'll find stuff. You'll get, you'll make encounters. You'll hear people talking. Yeah. Explore the city a bit. Don't just go from like, don't fa- just fast travel from place to place and just go right to the little quest dots. Yeah. Night City is alive. It's alive. It's alive. alive. It's alive. So, Steve, do you have any tips for, for new players? Um, yeah, I just want to sincerely say that um, I just truly believe that uh all of all of the romance opportunities that aren't judy are just really like disappointing <laughs> so so do yourself a favor and 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 just just romance judy play a female character romance judy um, with the female voice have, yes with the female voice and, and i think you'll have the best time with this game personally you know that's um <laughs> that means a lot to toasty it's this been is... a while since <laughs> since the judy standing okay i had to, I had to get back into it all right, all right. Um, so aside from aside from your love for judy what else would you give people advice about when playing the game like your brand starting as a brand new character to get the most out of the game just like 
take the time to like appreciate the characters and and like some of the like the bigger quest lines and things like this i mean that's where the bread and butter is at for cd project red so like you know try not to focus too much on all of the negative stuff you know or the things that they still need to work on and and try to you know focus on the things that they're good at because that's why you bought the game in the first place isn't it like you bought it to enjoy it did you not so focus on the things that are like really really good yeah that's a good a good point i would say don't spend too much time doing too many of like the little quests and burning yourself out on grinding through like combat quests focus on some of the story stuff first and don't just rush through the main storyline there's a lot of extra content in the side quests and like tosi said the character stuff go do some of the character quests go find the character stuff and meet people talk to them find out what's going on learn about those characters explore the dialogue options and and go really explore that side of it and if you come across some side quests where there's oh there's a gang to kill over here there's somebody to hunt down and, and turn into bounty go ahead and do those but don't feel the need to like clear out every quest in each little section before you move on to the next section or you're going to find yourself just grinding um a lot of a lot of combat missions without a whole lot of story um, rather than focusing on the story bar parts and just kind of taking on the extra combat missions when they feel natural. Another little tidbit, like maybe not look up some guides right away. Like maybe after your first playthrough, play it so you can experience. And then afterwards, if you want to go and get certain, like maybe endings, certain dialogue options or find certain weapons or make a certain build, then do it. But I think the first playthrough, you should just do it, uh, I don't know what the correct, correct sage is kind of naturally before. like yeah, let it naturally let it happen like, naturally. Yeah. Let, let it happen naturally. Discuss like this because let it let, like your choices uh, decide the game, not like someone else's choices of how they got something change yours. Yeah. Yeah. Like make the decisions like, that you would make going through the game and, and just let it take you where it's going to take you. Like, I don't want to spoil anything if they were by, but like one character, I didn't know that you could save them and, they died in my playthrough and I was really, really sad, but I didn't know you could go back and actually save them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let things just kind of happen how they naturally would. And then after you've played through the game, go back and see what other options are available. I think that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I really like that idea. What about combat? When it comes to combat, do you guys have any recommendations? Ooh. Well, there's lots of combat options. Like, like yeah, there's, there's the different that, guns, there's melee weapons, there's hacking. Yeah, it depends on how you go. Because if you want to do this stealth, you can do stealth that you can be like, like me and Logan played. Well, Logan played more than me. But you can literally just like hack into a camera and slowly just knock everyone else without firing a single bullet or pulling out your blade or your fist. You can literally do everything through hacking, get a mission done. Or yeah. you can do what Tom did, pull the katana and chop some heads off. Yeah, you can just bust in and chop everybody's heads off like a cyber ninja. Like you, you either either route is good. You can min max your way through it um, or in between. You can go in between. Every, every route is viable. Some will lead to an easier version of the end game. Um, and some will make the game feel way easy at the end. But you also can change 
the difficulty level as you go through the game as well. So it's actually very scalable. So there is that option as well. Um, the other thing I would add is if you're playing on PC, there are a lot of mods out at this point. I've been looking at a few of them. Um, and even considering doing some more mod videos for my uh, the Robots Radio YouTube channel. And there is one I noticed that actually makes the game scale with your level. So it keeps the difficulty scaled Ooh. with you so that you never really outpace the world around you, which seems kind of cool because then every encounter is still difficult. You just are getting more abilities to deal with the encounters, which seems like a really cool way to play it. So if you feel like the game is getting really, really easy as you get higher and higher levels, you could always, if you're on PC, install a mod like that. That could make the game a little bit more approachable. I would like to have an episode about that with mods and stuff because I, I I can't play PC, so I will, mm-hmm. I, let's, I learned about the mods like in Mass Effect, yeah, and stuff. I learned about those mods through you guys. Yeah, it's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. There's a lot of outfits and things. Um, uh, some mods I, I wanted to do. I, in fact, this is probably on my list of videos to do sometime in the next few weeks. Um, there are a bunch of mods for things that can change the clothes that you wear, ways of allocating armor and things on clothes differently. The, uh, changing the way the crafting system works. There's a lot of stuff in the mods available on the Nexus mod site that changes the way that works so that you can make your character look a certain way, but then allocate your armor. So you can have like a transmog system so that if you get an item that has, say, the armor you want, you could then take a piece of clothing that looks the way you want it to look and then move the armor value to the clothing that you want to wear and then be able to wear something that looks the way you want it to look, but still have the armor value for what you have. So it's like what it's like a better version of like how they have the jumpsuits in the game. Right. Right. So okay. there's ways to do that. There are uh, mods that upgrade your cyberware. There are mods that upgrade um, even just uh, like getting some of the cosmetics that are in the game that you can't currently equip. So, for example, Arasaka has some really cool looking uh, cyber arms that you just can't get in the game. But why not? If you were to take down an enemy, why not steal his arms and equip his arms onto your body? <laughs> you know, like especially if you actually cut an arm off. Well, you don't actually do it in the game, but the the idea would be like those things exist in the world. Why not be able to equip oh. them onto you? You know, that kind of thing. So th- there's some cool stuff to do there. So if you're the kind of person who enjoys messing with that stuff, especially when you're playing a new game and you feel like that there are some things the game doesn't do after playing for a few weeks, and you want to mod that stuff in, you you very well could do that from the beginning as well. So, any other tips, Toasty? Hmm. I'm trying to think just because yeah. it's tough to go back, you know, it's tough to go back to like the very beginning and think through yeah, things. Yeah. It really, because I mean, a lot of the stuff that's like been the issues have been like fixed or at least like a lot of stuff has made it more playable. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like you're able to now actually craft multiple multiple stuff at once when ahead of time, you had to go craft one at a time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just as far as combat and stuff goes, since that was like a thing, Um, maybe just like, I guess just go with whatever feels better to you. I probably, I mean, I personally, I've, I haven't, it was really hard for me to try to do the stealth route I just felt like it was not a game designed for good stealth. So I would just recommend, you know, trying out like, you know, running and gunning with it or something. Cause personally, I just thought that the stealth wasn't, wasn't great. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that part still feels good. Um, but one of the things I'm discovering watching my wife play is that there are combinations of things that I didn't consider doing when I played the game or when I play the game, I, I tend to gravitate towards certain things, but my wife plays games differently than I do. So she uh, she quick hacks a lot more than I do. And she was looking for quick hack updates that gave her abilities that I never sought out. So when she comes across a character that like zips around, she'll use the quick hack ability that like hacks them so they can't zip anymore so she can shoot them in the head because those are two things that she, she likes to pick weapons that she can headshot things with. But when a character zips around a lot, she can't do that. So she'll hack them, keep them from zipping around and then get headshots. And that was like, I would just run up and typically I would, you know, use weapons where I could deal with them. I wouldn't worry about getting headshots or slowing them down, but that was just her method of dealing with them. So the, the lesson here is there's, there's a lot of flexibility in the combat system to handle different kinds of enemies. If you just look around for the tools to do so, which is interesting because I didn't think of the game in that way. Oh, my my recommendation, do not invest in cold blooded on your first playthrough or it will become really hard to play through without it on other place. <laughs> That's yeah. what I did. I went all full cold blooded. And then every time I tried to play it after that, I just felt so slow. It just increases your speed. So, well, it has it like a bunch of speed. Stuff. It you, increases crits. It, it helps you, with sneaking a little bit. Depending on how much stuff you get on it, it can buff damage, armor, mm-hmm. uh, dodging. Uh, but most of all, it's speed. And that's the thing that I really enjoyed about it was, was going speed um, because it's, but, like I said, it's after that first time, you just feel so slow and it's real hard. <laughs> it's so real hard to go save back. it for like, you know, the second or third playthrough, just so that you can get through the game, and enjoy it like that, and maybe try to do the the speed hacks or something you know, a little bit further down the line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other tips? I feel like this is pretty good. No, nothing else. All right. Cool. Well, if you are jumping into the game for the first time, good luck with it. And um, feel free to write us and ask us any questions. We would love to help you out with that. And also um, feel free to listen back to any of the other episodes of this podcast. There are a lot of spoilers, but we think you guys will enjoy those as well. And we're going to take a quick break, thank our patrons, and then we'll be back to discuss Ghost in the Shell. So don't go anywhere. Do you love the Mass Effect series and are you looking to learn even more about Mass Effect? The things that you didn't even know that you didn't know? Well, this is your host, Tom or Robots, and me and my co-host N7Legend do a show called the Mass Effect Lorecast. It is available on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this right now. We also do it live on twitch.tv slash robots radio, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific on Sunday nights. So go look it up right now. The Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to have you join us. 
All right, this is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons, which are these guys and everyone else who helps support the show. So thank you to all 19 of our patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And this includes all, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of our fully upgraded patrons and everybody else. The fully upgraded patrons will soon be getting their t-shirts. I'm thinking we're might be about a month away. It's been it's been a little while now since we've put the t-shirts up on the patron store and we've got those we've got multiple tiers now we've got lots of different rewards for you guys so if we've done anything to help you get through your work day your workout your commute to work or your counting down the days to uh maybe vacation for holiday break of some sort then go check out patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and all the different tiers where you can join us on future episodes of the show, get ad free episodes and also T-shirts and stickers and things. There's all sorts of awesome stuff on there. And thank you again to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. I don't think we have any new reviews. I'm double checking as I kind of vamp here for a second because I didn't pull it up ahead of time. Nope, no new reviews. But if you want to help us out, another way to, to do that and it's free is to log into the Apple Podcasts uh, site or app or whatever wherever you have your accounts and leave us a rating a review and if you do so and put some words in there i will read that out on a future episode of the show so thanks again to our patrons you guys are awesome and now let's get back to the rest of the show All right, guys. So this month we watched Ghost in the Shell. This was a another one of those animes that were um, very formative for the industry, especially in the United States. Kind of set the bar pretty high at the time. This is from 1995. I found this article from AsianMoviePulse.com. This was actually this actually this article came out very recently, back in August of this year. It was written by uh, Panos, and I'm going to mess up this name. Katsathanasis, and I'm going to read a little bit of this in order to kind of summarize what the movie was about and some information about the movie, because I, I think this article is actually really cool, especially because it, he connects it to Akira, which we just read the month previous. Um, and he writes, continuing from where Akira left off, eh? Ghost in the Shell established cyberpunk as one of the main themes of the genre. Hey, look at that, right? and initiated a huge franchise that continues to produce masterpieces. Moreover, it was a trademark of the industry in both its themes and technological advancement, involving a number of pioneering animation processes. Currently, it is considered as one of the greatest anime of all time, having inspired a number of films, with The Matrix being among them. Based on the homo uh, I'm sorry, homonymous... Is that the right way to say that? Homonymous? Yeah. Manga Never by Masamune Shiro. The story takes place in 2029 when the world is connected through a vast electronic network that has access to all aspects of life. Artificial intelligence has become a significant part of everyday life and humans have already installed implants in their heads to help them communicate with computers directly and in that fashion are in constant connection with the internet. The persona of the individual, their soul, if you prefer, that is connected on the internet is called ghost. However, and despite the vast capabilities this technology has brought, crime always finds a way, and currently hackers are able to infiltrate actual human brains. These are considered the most dangerous criminals of all. 
The perfect agent of the era is not a human, but an AI capable of traveling freely in the digital digital boulevards in order to find and exploit any information it can find. This AI was designed by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs as the ultimate anti-espionage weapon and calls itself Puppet Master. Eventually, the AI decides that it is an actual life form with its own rights and asks for political asylum, revolting against the people that created it, instigating cyber attacks, and at the same time, threatening to reveal its illegal creation to the Ministry of Interior, as it also searches for a host that will give it actual physical hypostasis. That's a good word. Major Matako Kasanagi Kusanagi is a highly evolved cyborg who works for Public Security Section 9, an individual branch of Ministry of Interior, of the Ministry of Interior. Along with her team of experts, she is on the hunt for the Puppet Master. Soon, however, they realize that they have brought themselves into a battle between the two ministries, and Kasanagi has to decide if she will let Puppet Master to become a human being. And, of course, the movie goes on from there. So... What did you guys think about this? How'd you feel about the setting? Let's talk about the cyberpunk setting of the film to begin with. I liked it. Yeah. Did you feel it, like it's it? a lot more cyberpunk than uh, Akira? Mm-hmm. The cyberpunk. Yeah. Okay. Now, why do you say that? What What is what about this film stands out and, and makes it more feel more? Well, it, well I, I don't know. If it's more, but it's more obvious because, you know, there's especially if you know the other stuff the other ghost now shell media mm. like if you actually know the background it's a lot easier to see the cyber like the actual mechanical like and then you can see them on the neck so you can just see them really pull a plug out of the back of their neck yeah yeah well and so we're dealing with cyborgs too right yeah so it's so the cyber p- part of the punk is a lot more obvious like here is more punkish to me because uh-huh. they have kids riding bikes around with biker gangs that is more punk well, uh, Ghost in the Shell is more the cyber of the cyberpunk. I got you. So that's why I think, like, I agree with that uh, article. I said, Akira brings the punk out of cyberpunk, and cyber, <laughs> uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell brings the cyber out of cyberpunk. So if you have both together, you have, in essence, cyberpunk, what cyberpunk is. Yeah, Biker this, gangs and cyborgs. Right. And this movie is dealing a lot more with the cybernetic side of things. Cyborgs. Um, brains that are connected directly to AI that are brains that are connected directly to the internet, this cross section of technology and human beings, the idea that the soul can be downloaded into a machine digitized. Yeah. All of these kinds of things. And these are themes that occur in cyberpunk 2077, the, you know, the soul killer and Johnny, Johnny being on a chip and all, all of these kinds of themes come back in the, the medias that we, in the game that we've been playing. Mm. What do you think, Tosi? Tosi, I know you, well, you have, you have strong opinions. I'm about not, I'm not going to get into those yet. We're talking about the cyberpunk elements and I'm uh-huh. wondering, cause you know, I know, I know Artel Sorian kind of started this stuff up pretty, pretty early on. I'm wondering, I'm not familiar enough with like their early, early stuff. If this was already a thing for them. I wonder, I wonder where the inspiration came from, whether it was ghost in the shell, like inspired by, from them. Or, by 95, kind of, they had already published, uh, the tabletop RPG. 
Yeah, I know, but I didn't know if that was like the if if it was specifically because the first Cyberpunk was like 2012, right? And then there no, was, was 2020, 2013, or 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then 2020. I, I didn't know if any like if the Soul Killer stuff had already been like kind of written in that early on. Um, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's I don't know. That's just really cool. And you said 95. 95. Yeah. So it came out the same time, like the same year with like similar ideas of like, mm-hmm. yeah, digitizing yourself into, into something like, yeah. Cyberpunk 2020. I wonder if date. something, uh, let's see what was the actual the date for is. Both of them. Like they both experienced something. Maybe, but that's just, I mean, yeah. Personally. Cyberpunk 2020 was published originally in 1990. So, oh, okay, definitely way before yeah. the, that one's yeah, because yes. twenty twenty stuff, the Soul Killer stuff was definitely a thing. I yes. believe yeah, it was. It was <laughs> so. yeah, Soul Killer was definitely an idea before okay. this movie. Well, then no, but like yeah, it's just obviously because I'm drawing like correlations between you know the the ghosts essentially, and then mm-hmm. um, the are there yeah, and then then you know the Soul Killer stuff where you can you know put yourself into like a different body um and then i i i mean my favorite part of the the entire movie was just the fact that like we get to talk about those identity like situations or you know what what makes you alive like yeah. you know because they're talking what makes about you, you yeah they're talking about the specific thing like it's, it this is this it, it's like a machine it's part of the machine it's not it, it, it was never a human but it it feels and it has emotions does it mean it's alive if it's, it's self-aware just, is it alive yeah and I that's just a big thing. I am. yeah and that's just a big thing like that i really enjoy like one a, a, a game that a video game that i really really like is Detroit become human. And that's what this, this movie reminded me a lot of that stuff. So I'm, I'm sure that they pulled a lot of inspiration from ghost in the shell since, but yeah, Yeah. I think it's always cool to get down to that, you know, identity aspect of like the cyberpunk genre. Like you get to see all these things, but then it still comes down to, you know, who are you and are you? Okay. It's also kind of terrifying too. Like if, like with, like how you said, like they're like they're like who are you? You always got to worry that's like someone going to your brain, erase all your memories and put new ones in, like that garbage disposal man. It's like it's terrifying knowing to be that connected. It, it makes you, the more connected you are, the more vulnerable you are. Yeah, so it's yeah. slightly terrifying because you you think it'd be a good thing for the world, but it just adds a new vulnerability to everyone. Like Tom said cry in the review cry the criminals find something new to screw it up yeah um this i mean this opens up a lot of questions about our own reality this this idea that the you know if you come from a religious perspective there's an assumption of the soul many religious uh many different religions talk about a soul Many people who are religious believe in a soul. The soul leaves the body on death, goes to heaven or or some after death kind of experience or is reincarnated and those kinds of things. But from a 
like a humanist perspective, we have very little evidence for a soul. You can't study a soul. You can't put a soul in a jar. It's not something you can weigh. You know, people have tried experiments trying to prove the existence of a soul. So if you can't prove the existence of a soul, all you can prove is the existence of a brain. Then what is the difference between your brain and your mind? And if your mind is just the sum of the synapses popping off in your brain, then your mind is really just the connections of your brain and the memories that that brain holds. So in any moment, is your brain really that difference between what your brain holds biologically and what it could hold in a digital setting? Like if I was to transfer all the information from your brain into a digital brain that was set up to do all the same things that your biological brain does in a digital format, and just moved you over to it, would you be different? Or would that still be you? I think it'd still be you. Because the only difference is with a human biological brain, it's just harder to reset. Right, and there's a lot more risk of destroying it than resetting it. Because technically, you get a hard enough hit to the head, you can completely forget who you are. And you have to start off from, like, and you just remember sometimes basic stuff like to remember how to breathe so it's like resetting sure, sure. your character right but, but, if I, but if i threw my hard drive on the floor or I, or I put a magnet too close to it i could do the same thing well no can't you just go into it digitally and say oh i'm gonna I right click highlight delete yeah but i mean yeah you could do you could do all of those things that's the same thing is that both things are equally fragile in just different ways so Oh no! I was I was more thinking like because the only way you can reset human brain is technically a blow to the head. A computer you can be or, if you're well skilled enough you can be delicate. I don't know if you can be skilled enough with a surgeon and embrace memories. I don't know. Uh, yeah, specific memories. I, I don't know that we would know how to do that at this point in, in our history. But you could uh, you could burn out sections of your brain using methods like that. You could you could do it using drugs. You could Whoa. you could give somebody a drug that would uh, disable their ability to see potentially or hear. Um, there are you know like uh, like for example, I I take migraine drugs. Like this is something I do. This is the reason why we had to delay the show from yesterday to today because I had a migraine. Um, one of the migraine drugs I take creates tingling in my fingers and my extremities, my fingers and my toes. And if I were to up my dosages of those drugs, I would feel more tingling in my fingers and my toes. That's effectively like removing the ability for my brain to feel sensations on my fingertips and my toes, right? So in a way, that's kind of like deleting the section of my brain processing that has feeling on those parts of my body. That's almost the same as like if you went to those files in the file system and just saying like, ignore. <laughs> Like, ignore these files right now. Boop. You know? But it's it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of similar, right? It's kind yeah. of an analogous, and you could do it through the use of, of drugs. And um, who knows, maybe in the future, we'll, we will have drugs that's like, I, I sorry, this may be a just, uh, trigger thing, but like for people that have traumatic events, PTSD. Yeah. Don't assault, remember this. Stop remembering like, this memory. Yeah. It's like, it's like, the, yeah. like, it's so traumatizing that they, like, they can't go outside or the people that have uh, like agoraphobia. I, I don't know if that's the right mm -hmm. one. Like the people that can't go outside their house, they're terrified of something. They take the drug. They then they have to keep taking it in, in case they want to remember because that'd be easier. But then they can go outside and have regular lives or people who have panic attacks. Like I have panic attacks. If I could take a drug to stop uh, that would just erase the, the fear of the panic attacks. Uh, 
be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost the same as With just like saying no like, stop paying attention to this file, you know, here's yeah. all the files in your brain. Okay. This file is now disabled. You know, yeah, like, you're in panic. Yep. No pan attack file is disabled. Um, now it's, of course it's not that simple. Brains are complex, but, um, yeah. but like, but that, that's, that's the question here is going back to ghost in the shell. If you had a human brain and moved it onto a digital machine, is it really that different? Or if a digital brain were to create itself and implant it onto a human body, is it really that different? Like at what point, just because something was grown organically and functions organically, if you could create a one-to-one -one connection between the two, does it matter? I think this 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 kind this movie kind of raises that question, right? Uh, yeah. In my opinion, it doesn't, because technically we're already creating humans through uh, test tubes. What's the difference between a digital created human? Well, in a test, if it tube, eventually grows and becomes its own self. It's 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 each human. Well, in a test it tube, it's, it's genetically still a human. It's just created from a different environment. Um, but then it's put into a regular environment. Um, in this setup, it would be a mind created in a very different environment than a biological mm. mind environment. So that's that's the, the, the question here is that like the AI that calls itself the puppet master is an emergent AI. It's an AI that evolved on its own. And then claims personhood for itself and then is now looking for a body like that that is something that i believe in this universe or at least in this movie because i haven't seen all the rest of the movies is something that is new and has never happened before and so that that's the question it's like should this be considered a person is that what, what how do you deal with that like is that is that to be allowed is that now that if that is a person they should probably still follow the laws right there should be laws for that but at the same time do you respect that ai as if it has personhood i just thought of some bicentennial man mm -hmm, the movie yes with robert williams and stuff right the same pro thing right there is is it can machine and i i the reason i thought about this is because if, if it will eventually die yeah, that's the, the other machine, thing. Is that, uh, if it will, if it will, technically in that world, humans technically don't die because eventually they'll. I, I don't I'm know. I can't. I don't know all that lore, but I don't know if the major would technically ever die as long as she kept up. I don't know if she'd become like her brain. I would don't age. think she does. I think they they keep repairing this. I think that was one of the things in the in the movie as they talked about. They they go back and they repair themselves, and then technically they wouldn't their, die. Their concept of humans are different now because technically in their world, humans can live forever. So. But for us, for like uh, an AI appeared now, for me to kind of consider it being human, for now, I would it would have to be willingly to a, go into a body that would eventually die and it would have an end date. Because if you can't die, you can't really be human. Because that's the only way to be, like, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to be fully human is to understand like one day I will not longer know. That's one of the main things of being a human experience is like. One day I will no longer be on this earth. So I have to put something. Right. There has I to be to some sort of limitation there. Well, what, yeah. if, what if we have the medical ability to extend life indefinitely? That's the thing. Like, cause then, but for, for what I said for right now, our definition are like for humans, humans have an end date. Now right. in the future where humans can live forever, the concept of 
mankind, human will have to is going to have to change because yeah, it's gonna it'll change us mentally. Like when people like who's in who decides who lives forever? Then right, the rich, the government, uh, the religious, like because depending on how it happens. It'll change us because who knows? Maybe we come by magic. Oh, we just discover magic and we can live forever. <laughs> well, any sufficiently advanced technology will appear to like magic. Yeah, to a that's, previous that's, civilization. that's kind of like, like yeah, right. Um, but when we eventually become, if we ever do become living forever, it's going to change how we view the world. Yeah, we won't need to have kids as much. It's like the, like elves; they live for long periods of time, so they have less kids. Right. Right. So if, if, if humans can go into robot bodies and live forever, what would be the point of having kids sometimes set for just wanting to have them for the purpose of, I want a kid. Right. Like well, I mean, that's, that's how it is a lot right now. A lot of, a lot of people have kids, not because of population needs, but because they want to be parents. They want to yeah. experience parenthood. Not that there's uh, anything wrong with that. No, but that's a very normal thing. In fact, that's yeah, probably like, how most parents choose parenthood today. Like there was a time where 80% of the population were farmers and a lot of having kids was societal pressure and your place, your, like just expectations from your know, family expectations and, and wanting to pass down, you know, you know, you like, you know, have traits, yeah, pass down, like, jobs. Oh, you have to, yeah. And then also jobs. Like, like if you owned a farm, a lot of the people who ended up working on your farm were your family members, your kids. Cause if you had 12 kids, they, they tended the farm that was free labor. So there, there was a lot of other reasons to have children, right? Today, it's a lot of the justification is I want to experience parenthood. I want to, I want to be able to be a parent and I want to be able to have kids. And that's one of the main justifications. So, um, but let, getting back to the, back to the movie, I think that one of the cool things about this movie is that it does raise these kinds of questions that this is part of what makes this movie interesting is that so much of the focus of this movie is on a main character that is an AI that this isn't a movie that's focused on a human character having to deal with AI. This is a movie that's focused on an AI having to do with another AI and the decisions that they make in a human world. Wait, where's the other AI? You said so, AI having to deal with another AI. There's two AIs. Uh, Kasanagi is an AI, right? No, she, she, she has, she has brain matter. She has brain matter, but isn't she also partially, synthetic like her mind her brain is what's her like like her brain casing is the only thing that's the brain that's the only the thing that's left that's yeah only thing that's left okay because yeah, like in other media of it it's like she got hurt as a kid oh okay, okay. the only thing she had left then. was the brain i got you and then she grew up, yeah i got you but so by the end of it there's when the two merge yeah the end of that's, it it's it's right. now like a brain it's like I, I always question it like is she now like a digitized it's like is Kusanagi still because they saved the head, but is it she technically also physical and digital at the same time? Is what I was wondering. Right. Yeah. I was gonna ask you guys this. Yeah, that's that part of it is really strange. Because um. <laughs> because that's what it seems like. She's like, where will this infant go? And then it like pans out or transitions mm -hmm. to the city. So it always makes me think that she's now both physical and digital at the same time. Like she can be in one body but also her brain is spread out over the internet like like uh but the pup master was he was spread out but but and she's singular so since they fused they're now singular and plural at the same time 
as well. Yeah. Is, that, that, like, yeah. is that how you guys see it or how do you see it somewhere different? What do you think, Toasty? I mean, I mean, that one's like a, geez. Um, just cause that's a, that's like a hard question. To it's, answer. it's tough. It's tough. Okay. Yeah, I, I got it. I got this wrong from the beginning. My, I was in the whole, like she was a hundred percent artificial by the beginning of the movie, but you're right. You're right. She's, she's not, but, but at the end, it's the sense I got is that like she welcomed him in. Yeah, but she did. it's like they switched places at the end. It's like her mind was transferred into his body. In the end scene, do you remember this? No, no, because the puppet master's body got blown. The head that he was in got blown up. And I, the way she she's, when she's talking to Bakugo, not Bakugo. She's talking uh, through something else, though, right? Like, what's what's let, let's let's here, let's wrap up this the end scene because help, help me understand the end scene here because I, I wish Captain Logan could make this episode because he he's the one who really knows this this movie yes and he had to work tonight so I'm I'm trying to fill in as best I can on the events that happened here because I, I only watched this for the first time so I apologize if I'm getting some of this stuff wrong but um, okay. in the end scene the puppet master is talking through her because it's it's yeah, now loaded into her. her mechanical vocal cords right she was she she dived into his brain she connected their brains right he like came like into her physical body not her brain her brain is still her okay he took over her physical like robot body so he could talk at what she which means she couldn't so she, they were having a conversation right and the only part that the male baki i can male b could hear was the puppet master they, they were still right. separate at that point oh but she's she talking to, make... to him through her mind right yeah their, their minds are like their connected. minds are connected and i get i get it okay yeah yeah yeah. That's until right. she That's right. she had to like say like yes i'll let you come in like let the emergence right the, the singular yes. like the combining happen right and they became like one being and that's when they go into the little little marionette body mm -hmm. and it's like they became a new entity like because at the ending she's quoting because her ghost talked earlier, like her her subconscious, her inner self talked early in the movie. And she finishes the quote that her inner self said. And it's herself saying, like, we are like a new entity. Like, th the two came together and one came out. Right, right. And they are now merged uh, into something else. Out, like, and that, that, how did it come What out? is that? Like, what is that thing? Yeah. Like, because that, that's what's also interesting about this movie is like this this thing that's combined when the two are come together like what yeah what, what would even it be considered because it? it's both human and ai at the same time right so like it, have they have they now ascended right so um so in philosophy there's something called the hegelian dialectic so hegel was a german philosopher a german german modern philosopher and he had this concept of that you can take these two things that appear to be opposing um so for example a human mind and a uh, an ai that in some ways are opposites. They're not the same thing at all. And, singular or plural. And yeah, exactly. It's a singular thing, a plural thing, and then you bring them together and they surmount their differences and they become something greater than the two sums. Um, it's, it's called a Hegelian dialectic. It happens a lot when you actually think about it in, in his system. Um, and he has like lots and lots of examples of these Hegelian dialectics of things that, that seem contrary but you bring them together and they become a, a thing that's even greater than the two sum together. And this is in a sense, a, a, a Hegelian dialectic, this idea of a human mind and a AI mind 
merging and becoming one thing that surmount the two. And I think one of the senses here is that have they merged, have, have, has humanity and synthetic life merged into, in, in some sense, a God? Have we ascended? Is this, is this ascending? Is that what's actually happening in this movie? Uh, yeah, because technically now she's at, she is in all places at all times, but yet also has a physical body. So it's like, it, 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 that's why I love this movie so much. Cause I come back and every time I see it, it just gets you thinking. Cause there are some movies I can watch and I, I already, I don't think about it anymore. Cause they'll, like, they'll tell you, well, they don't tell me, but they'll imply it. But this one just mm-hmm. leaves open. They don't tell you anything at the end of it. Right. Right. Or if it's- they do, it's so far above my head. Yeah. I don't understand it. Right. And I can just enjoy, enjoy the thinking like what? Right. Yeah. It's just like, Who? okay. Um, why? Huh? How? Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that. I can see why this is, is, is fun in that way. Now I know Toasty, you've got some criticism on this film and I want to open that up to, to, to this as well, because it is a film from 1995. It was marketed towards teenagers just like any anime is usually but many of them are made for adults but some of them are made in an adult fashion knowing that teenagers are going to want to buy them i know and we had some debate about this when we watched the film because there is a lot of mm, adult themes but also adult themes in the sense that the character is often disrobed or manufactured with no clothing on in a suit that looks like it's naked that kind of thing and I know you had some criticism about this. I just, I just don't think that that it, it was just a sense of like, and, and I know that this is 1995. I just feel like this movie. I could have had a new kind of appreciation for it. I think if they had, uh, if it maybe like went into the sense of like, um kind of a non-binary sense because i felt like this character like we we know that she's like you know a girl like or she's a woman she's like mostly made of cybernetics and stuff at this point Mm -hmm. but but they they refer to it as a woman but it it, a lot of like i mean i think even me and lena were kind of talking about it where it was like you know it just seemed like she was more non-binary um in her personality and, too is that, and that's part of what yeah, you're talking about too right personality yeah personality everything that's mostly what i'm talking about like yeah. and, and of course for 1995 that would have been a great step um but of course it's 1995 that's that's not stuff that people were trying to make steps towards unfortunately um but i just didn't feel like it was th- there was a lot of i think un unnecessary kind of sexual things here that like aren't as egregious as some things obviously like it was just nudity um like at least we didn't get any like things like in akira where we get like a a sexual assault situation um and and of course i appreciate that it didn't you know have that but like we see the fact that she she doesn't in fact have any means of reproduction. Like, mm-hmm. like they go, they go through this whole entire scene at the beginning, showing her being made a lot of focus on nipples. There's just so much focus <laughs> on the nipples. And it's like, 
but like she doesn't need them though like it shows us during the scene that she has no like reproductive organs she didn't need that like she didn't need nipples but they they made they went through the effort to put them on um and paint them and everything because they had they had to paint her as well to make her look more human and it was just it, it just felt like it was really unnecessary um and, and then you know like logan was saying like he appreciated that they at least didn't try to like sexualize it and i i mean personally i disagree because i feel like the fact that it was there at all was them sexualizing it because you know yeah. then she goes through this rest of the movie with this you know her stealth suit essentially where she can you know turn invisible um her optic camo if i'm using a cyberpunk reference like 2077 reference um but it's it's just this skin tight like body suit that's literally the color of skin so it makes her look like she's just straight naked yeah and yeah. it took me a moment to realize that oh no she's not actually naked she's wearing something but it doesn't look like she's wearing something for the most part you have to like really catch like the details of the neckline in order to tell that at all <laughs> right like they could have just made it like a black suit that then turned into camo yeah and it would have been like okay yeah that makes it like black suit you know you're trying to it's a stealthy i mean it's obviously that's used all the time you know whatever you think stealth you think darkness so right right but, yeah yeah uh, the sense i got is that they and and having been a teenager at the time when this came out the sense i got was oh this is marketed towards teenage boys and um and lena made the point of this like her personality isn't sexualized her personality isn't feminized uh she's not a typical female protagonist or female in many regards in her personality at all uh but when you look at the pictures and you see a what appears to be mostly naked character with you know busty nipply <laughs> you know torso then as a i was 16 year old boy at the time you know that kind of triggers certain reactions because of hormones and you go oh <laughs> that catches my attention i wonder what that movie's about right and that's just that's just what it is it's just it's part of the marketing of the show or it's part of just what the creators wanted to make because that's what they wanted to see who knows but there's kind of to your point there could have been other ways of doing that that wouldn't have had that kind of vibe you know um mm -hmm. to to logan's point it doesn't take it any further than that which yeah, is i'm with logan thankful on this because like, uh, now that i'm thinking about it i'm with logan about it being artistic and stuff it's it doesn't bother me because i don't i don't really because I, 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 I don't really see until someone else brings up the fact and then it gets to me and then i start thinking about it yeah. i don't know what that just means because I, I, I i'm not a teenage boy anymore so i don't automatically just go ooh, oh boobs ooh, butts. right yeah or, yeah yeah I did yeah, notice I there were some to, to add to to Toasty's point here. There are some. Um, this is this is like a Mass Effect thing where the camera is specifically placed at like a low crop shot so that you catch like the butt of the character standing in front of you when it's aimed at the person mm -hmm. in front of them. Like there are some places where the camera is just conveniently placed for a nice side boob or a nice butt. Or something like that that's like cropped mm -hmm. in the shot like that does happen 
Not to mention like the entire intro just being focused on just watching her boobs as they pass the screen. Yeah, there I mean there's definitely that. Like, like there there's and, a lot of that going on. And and I know that there's like it, obviously there's different camps and things on some of this. Um I just personally think that like if they had gone in a direction where they could have made her, you know, a a like prominent you know, like a a non-binary protagonist or something which uh, you know maybe that's just coming from that um i think that that would have been like really cool for a 1995 movie and then you know i know there's also like camps where people you know are are trying or basically going along the lines of like we should you know stop sexualizing boobs because like sure that, that's and, they're designed to feed babies so yeah, why don't we and, stop and, sexualizing them sure and I would I would totally give them credit for, you know, being like, hey, you know, this isn't sexual because they don't. I will give them props because they don't try to accentuate anything like she she has very normal, not anime oversized boobs. Not she, like the actual anime of Ghost in yeah, the Shell. Right, yeah, right. She she's, looks she's very her proportions are natural. Yeah, yeah. She's, um, she's athletically proportioned with some very well. I mean, the, she's she's busty. But she's not overly busty, right? She's, she's not. She's not. She's not. She's like muscular. Defying she's the laws athletic. Of physics, yeah. Right. Right. She's um, she's athletic with with a busty. But she rips that tank's um, hood off. You can see so, the muscles. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I would give I would totally give them credit for the fact that they were just you know uh, that you know been like oh yeah quit quit sexualizing the boobs except that this was 1995 and I definitely know that they weren't thinking about that either so. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I'm sure everyone's going to come down on different sides with that. But um, the fact that it's, you know, something to be noted and also something that might keep you from watching this with certain people in the room is kind of one of those things that is just worth noting, you know. So it's it's to be discussed, but everyone's going to come down on their own sides on that one. Yeah. And I, I'm sure if, uh, I'm sure Captain Logan, if you're listening to this, uh, you're welcome to join me on a future episode to you know chime in with your thoughts on this and, and defend your side of the argument. Um, I, I can see both sides. Yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I, I, I can see both sides of the argument on that as well. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And that's that's how the movie is. Any other thoughts on this? This film, like where do you, where does it stand up for you guys as a cyberpunk film? Because we have to we have to rate this in order to wrap up the episode, like we've rated the other ones. It's five Tosh Comas out of five Tosh Comas. Tosh Comas, Tosh Comas. <laughs> okay. You know, they're not in this movie. They're cute and adorable. <laughs> okay, so five out of five? You, you this, one. this is my favorite cyberpunk movie. That's why I picked it. All right, all right. And probably Logan picked it. I just beamed to it. Five out of five? What do you think, Toasty? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do points, am I? <laughs> points like, oh like a point so you can do like a half uh i go to 4.5 4.5 wow that's big that's big that's the highest I, I, like obviously it's not i think this is the best movie we've watched that and, and it's and i i guess i don't i'm not i'm not honestly thinking too much into the cyberpunk elements i'm just thinking of like you know how much i enjoyed the movie i just really enjoyed it uh you know i think i think dread was very mid like it wasn't I think I think Dread was very much like a 
yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was nice. Um, but, and then I really, one didn't follow Akira and two didn't like Akira. So, um, <laughs> okay. I, I personally think that, yeah, as, as far as if we're thinking in terms of like, especially because like Akira was what in the eighties or something. Right. Yeah. It was late eighties. It was like, yeah. 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 Um, and, in you know, that's, that's further back than 95, but as far as like being two of the older cyberpunk, like original kind of cyberpunk movies, um, that inspired the genre, I definitely think that this one holds up way better. Um, I just have those like couple things that I think could have made it, you know, perfect. I gotcha. I gotcha. I give it a four. I think it, it, it does a lot of the themes. It, it fits pretty well. I just, I don't know that it's not like a must go back and watch for me. I think it would have been one of those films I was much more into when I was younger, but I feel like I, I, maybe it's just my lack of interest in anime at this point. Maybe that was, maybe that's my stumbling block is that I'm just not super into anime. Um, but the concepts are cool. The world is cool. The characters are cool. Uh, the voice acting feels a little stifled. And maybe that's just the time period. I feel like the voice acting is just a little stiff, but maybe it's also the translation, the localization yeah. from the I'll time period. Back you and listen mean, to the like Japanese version on that. The so there's the, that feeling of like I'm reading a voice line, and uh, now I'm saying the thing the character's saying, and I'm really emphatic about it. Like sometimes I'm wondering the, if like some of because I think that that's kind of the vibe we get from the main character at least like uh, I, I, some of that I is intentional as much as the rest of it. I think for the main character having those stiff voice line kind of gets us into the fact that like it's she's, a, it's a quality that a lot of anime had in the 1990s that you don't I, see as much in modern anime and I think I, that the voice actors just got better at localizing uh, Japanese and that's my theory can I just so mm-hmm. I've watched sure. most of the ghosts in the shell and they kind of stay the exact same way of talking the whole way through. And like it's not all just the, the cyborgs. Uh, it's like the humans too. There's just this. No, like I'm, I'm saying all tone. the people, they talk the same way through yeah. most of the animes. I don't know. So it could be the, just the way the actors are talking, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't, uh, it could just be me. I don't notice any differences between any of the, even the more like most recent Netflix one, they kind of talk the same way. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's actual actors having the, that's the way they are playing the characters. I I hear what you mean, Tom. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know if they're going for that actually, though. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel but, like I feel like stuff I've watched more recently, more recent animes like uh, Japanese stuff. Even even watching stuff like um, Attack on Titan, the voice acting in Attack on Titan feels a lot more natural to me oh, than mm-hmm. watching stuff like this. Uh, I was just saying that Ghost in the Shell uses this kind of talking through the whole series. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it is intentional, but it, 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 to me, it sounds like everything else I watched from the 1990s, which makes me feel like it's not intentional. It's just the way voice acting was done back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just, fair. just, just my thoughts on it. Um, but maybe, maybe people like that. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe that's that was considered good at the time. I don't know. Maybe it's just me not being familiar I mean, with the genre with everything i mean that's it's really before like i think as far as just the stuff that i've listened to when it comes to like uh personally listening i listen to quite a few different 
Avatar The Last Airbender podcast just because um, Avatar is a great example of good voice acting. See, that's the thing is that Avatar kind of came around towards like right after kind of the hit of like the good voice acting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like whenever voice acting was really coming into like its fruition, I think and like sound where, effects improved as well. Yeah. I, I think that like the sound effects of like the environmental sound effects, the vehicles, like um, there's a lot of this, like the cartoony sounds of the 1990s go away and you start to get like, like when something hits the ground, you get less of a whoosh, like oh that that's the sound of something hitting a ground and you get more of an actual like crash like they got better at using actual sounds in animation like instead of like a oh that was supposed to be an explosion sound you get an actual explosion sound like things like that okay i feel like that stuff improved over time but uh, that's just nitpicky stuff i mean it's just things I'm, i'm pointing out um but that's just my gut feeling on that stuff. But uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this as well. Feel free to chime in on the Cyberpunk Lorecast Discord channel. Let us know what you think about this. Did we have another... Remind me. Did we have another movie on our list that we were supposed to review this month? You guys have I the have list? the list. I don't have it in front of me. I should. I'm the host. But I, I don't think I ever had the list. Because this was the something... The next one picked was The Matrix. And then, Tom, you picked Blade Runner as number five. That's right. Okay. Matrix you know, this month. Uh, and Logan picked Matrix as number four because I took Ghost in the Shell from him. Got it. All right. So the Matrix. And the Blade this Runner month. you're talking about, it's the original Blade Runner, right? Uh, I'll have to go back and look, but I think so. I have 2049 written down. Do I have 24? Okay. okay I didn't maybe know it was 2049. Or I, think, I, think, I think. I think. Oh, it was because. It was because I, really I was debating. Yeah, you need I to watch both, but it was me. because I was debating that the, the new one might actually be better than the original. So I think it is the new one. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a little bit of contention there. So. Yep. I, I wrote down, down both. I, I wrote down Blade Runner and 2049. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go back and rewatch the original Matrix. And with the new Matrix coming out, when does the new Matrix come out? That comes out real soon, doesn't it? Uh, the Matrix. Yeah. That, was, that threw me off so hard. <laughs> seeing the trailer for that because i was one? like i was like what cut what it's keanu reeves what movie is this then flashy green stuff and i was like what this is a matrix movie <laughs> yeah oh yeah Ooh, december like, 22nd how? oh man this is gonna come out by the end of the year i forgot this is coming out around christmas the first time. one uh, the first time i saw uh the new matrix i saw a poster with a red pill and a blue pill i i started for a second it took me a, a couple seconds to realize when you take the red pill or the blue pill at first, I'm like, why is there a, like a drug movie? I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to see that. <laughs> nice. And then I just saw then my brain went, Oh my God. And I fanboyed in the middle of the movie theater going matrix. What? Oh my God. Yeah. That's going to be so awesome. That's going to be more Keanu too. That's great. All yeah. right. So we'll watch the matrix. Um, I think captain Logan said he wants to keep doing the, uh, helping us do the, the viewing parties. So we'll, we'll set up a time for that on a future Saturday coming up and guys, thank you for joining me again. And live chat, thank you for being here. Uh, Turbo Toboggan, you got anything going on you want to share before we head out? I have nothing going on except for work, work, work because of the holidays. Yeah, it's that time, huh? Well, good luck. I hope you get through it. And uh, don't be a stranger. We'll see you on the Discord if you get time to ch- jump in and share some, some have anything going on. Or if you get time to play some games or whatever. Give us a shout right out. now i'm actually going back and playing uh knights of the old republic on my switch wow because i can find nice. i got i finally have something to go back and play it on so i'm like 
it's been so long since i played this i'm gonna go back and play it the original one yeah nice. it's because i can't remember because i remember playing a star wars game and i remember having a character uh that looked like i thought they had mandalorian on but i don't know if it's just me uh, it was a dream or if it was one huh. of the, so i remember playing an old star wars game where you i was wearing that and i just like i got in the mood to play uh knights of the old republic i'm like uh i don't have anything to play it on and i saw it was on my switch i'm like i'm buying it nice nice that's yeah, classic it's a good, yeah. old, good old game well cool have fun it was with a that great game i love the ending yeah it's it's i hope they do more with that time period in that setting it's a cool game yes yeah toasty you got anything to share buddy i have lots of things to share um of course uh this and uh, we're doing this immediately after the the witcher lore cast mm-hmm. um but uh yeah go check out the witcher lore cast if you're uh if you're a witcher fan um or you know any pretty much anything on the, along those lines you know a cdpr fan or whatever because they made the same games um <laughs> imagine that um and then the follow follow us at on twitter at, at witcher Lorecast. um and i mentioned avatar if you like avatar the last airbender uh i'm doing uh avatar legends journey of the elements over with the uh fumbling four gang um so yeah i'm on multiple things now yeah dude, will, that, will that be coming out on itunes it should already be out. There should be four episodes already out. I assume it would be on iTunes, but yeah, iTunes seems should be. to be a little weird. It should be. Because I'm looking for something else of theirs. They said a homebrew on one of the things I've been looking for, and I can't find it. I just don't know if I'm misspelling it. Uh, Which one? What's it called? I don't me- I think I, I, I want to say it's called Alteris. It's their, they keep... Uh, oh, that's, uh, the, having- that's, that's Fumbling 4 in the Almighty Crit. That's the name of that show. Oh, that's actually the name I thought was Call of. Oh, oh, they have a Call of Cthulhu. They have. They have I I'm, not, to that. I'm not here to promote all their stuff. They've, Sorry, got, they've guys. got a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, if you put, post in their channel, and they'll probably link it to you if you need. To. All the all the names oh, yeah. of the shows are have their own show name as the individual channel names. So, if there's yeah, any I'll show go. you need to find, just look at the names of the channels, and and that'll help you find them. Yeah, they're about to have a new one come out actually tomorrow. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff. They've been working on a lot of things. They they're just they're crazy. They're putting out more shows than I am at this point. It seems like, um, but yeah, lots of fun stuff. And yeah, go check out the Witcher Lorecast. We're talking about season two coming out very soon. It's awesome. And you guys know how to find my stuff and all the other shows on the Robots Radio Network, robotsradio.net. Lots of fun stuff there. You can find me streaming in the mornings on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. And if you want to get into making your own podcast, there's always the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help mentor podcasters and starting their own shows. And if you're uh, looking for something a little bit easier to get into, that's not as big of a commitment. I have a book that is available now. You can go to robotsradio.net slash book to check out video game podcasting. And it's all the information that's up here in my brain about how to start a podcast and turn it into a career. And it's all in one one book for you and it's really easy for you to just, you know, read and turn into your own thing. You just have to take the knowledge and apply it to your own show. So that's available. RobustRadio.net slash book. All right. Thank you for tuning in. I will be back next week with a, another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. 
And until then, stay safe in Night City. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, a smart podcast for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones. and <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. We've all got the creeps going. I love it so oh, much. All right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between.
Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.